Hey, welcome back, everyone, to another segment of the Educational AD Podcast. We'll be right back with today's guest, but we want to give a shout out to our partners, the Florida Coaches Coalition, Global Community of Women in High School Sports, and We Coach, along with Vital Signs Wall of Fame. Check out these four great organizations, add them to your network, and now don't hit that fast forward button. Take the next three minutes, listen to our sponsor shout outs. These are also great products that you should have working for you. So stay with us. It'll only take three minutes. We want to say thanks to Gipper for their support. Go to Gipper.com and see how athletic directors are using Gipper to create world-class marketing content. Use our code ADPOD10 and you'll get 10% off. Start creating custom content for your school's social media channel. That's Gipper.com. We also want to say thanks to Huddle. Go to huddle.com and change the way you see the game. As a football coach, I used huddle for years, but when I became an athletic director, I made sure our school was a huddle school and our coaches, our athletes just loved the tools that huddle provided. Go to huddle.com, see why we believe in sports and teams believe in huddle. Join the 6 million users, turn your school into a huddle school. We also want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive. Go to sidelineinteractive.com, schedule a live web demonstration, and see their indoor scoring tables and their video boards in action. Their products not only generate income for your department, but they also create the ultimate game day experience for your student-athletes. That's sidelineinteractive.com. Check them out today. We also want to say thanks to Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. Go to hometownticketing.com. They're going to show you how to set up and sell your tickets for all your events. It's so easy. And every step of the way, you'll have a dedicated client success manager that's providing you hands-on support. That's every step of the way. Go to hometownticketing.com. Find out more. That's hometownticketing.com. We also want to say thanks to Snap Mobile. Go to snapraise.com. Check out the entire Snap Mobile platform. SnapRaise is their fundraising platform. We've used it with great success, and so can you. They even have a program where you can get your funding before you actually start your fundraiser. Go to snapraise.com for more information. We'd like to say thanks to Wall of Fame by Vital Signs. The Wall of Fame is an interactive touchscreen video console that allows you to tell more compelling stories and better engage your audience. It's also a great way to display your school records or your school's Hall of Fame. So go to vitalsignswalloffame.com, check out their great products, and then when you're ready to buy, use their link, vitalsignswalloffame.com slash Jake, and you'll get a nice discount. That's vitalsignswalloffame.com. And we want to say thanks to Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. Athletic directors usually only hear from that 2%, the squeaky wheel parent or a frustrated student athlete. Um, and we need to hear from them so we can affect positive change. But uh, we also need to hear back from that 98% that really love and support our program. And that's where Athletic Surveys comes in. Go to athleticsurveys.com. They're going to create a custom survey that allows you to take the pulse of your parents and your student athletes. That's athleticsurveys.com. 
Check them out today. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. Got a really cool guest today with uh, a very, very strong athletic background. She's not an athletic director, but our guest is Olivia Atkin. She's the founder of a program called Achieving Success. We're going to talk about that later on, but uh, she hosts her own very successful podcast. She is a successful author and She's also uh, got a very strong connection. I'm going to let her tell more about that with uh, this year's NCAA Division I Frozen Four champion, the Quinnipiac University hockey team. Also spent some time, by the way, with the New York Giants for a few years. Uh, our guest is Olivia Atkin. Olivia, welcome to the Educational AD Podcast. Well, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to chat today. Well, you and I were connected uh, through a, a previous uh, and, and uh, a guest on the podcast. I'll get it out, Marcus Odgen. Uh, But that's enough about Marcus. Let's go and talk about you. Uh, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So give us that quick bio, where you're from, where you grew up. You know, Maybe take us up through your own high school and college years, and then we'll take a break, and uh, we'll hear more about achieving success and all the things that you're doing. So. What's the Olivia Atkin origin story? Yes. So it's quite a story. I always say I have a unique perspective within the sports world. I grew up playing sports. So at a very young age, um, I grew up in New Jersey, but I have to pay tribute to my Southern roots. I'm from Little Rock, Arkansas, but I grew up in South Jersey and I was a swimmer. And I was swimming from a very young age, very competitively. I was training with people at the age of about seven or eight. And I was swimming with and competing against swimmers who were in the 15, 18 age group. Um, and I was training every day, like so many athletes and training for some very big competitions. When all that changed for me. I was diagnosed with a rare form of epilepsy at the age of nine years old. And because it was so rare, no one knew what I could be doing, what I couldn't be doing, and everything in between. So at that point, my world really changed. You know, I tried continuing in my sport. Um, but for those of you who do not know what epilepsy is, and it's changed a lot from what people might think it is, it is when there's a lack of oxygen to your brain. One in 10 people actually have a seizure in their lifetime. But when you're underwater, you don't breathe <laughs> necessarily. Um, so the big concern was what would happen if you were swimming? Luckily enough, the first time I had a seizure, I was midway through a swim in the middle of the pool. And my body, because I had been training for so long, knew to... If you went under to start doggy paddling and I came back up, but it became a sense for me at the time of a sport I was very passionate about. However, there was all these limitations. You had to be there. Someone had to be walking the pool just in case I didn't come up for breath. Um, they didn't know when it might happen. And there were a lot of precautions put in place for me to continue in my sport. So at that time, I decided to take a step back. Um, 
you know, you're very young, so you don't really know what to do. And I continued down the journey of being a team kind of cheerleader, being there for my siblings who played um, in the sport of gymnastics competitively growing up, and they played their whole careers. I was very involved with that and volunteering and volunteering with different teams. And that led to when I was in high school, ending up managing multiple men's sports teams. I was the manager of the wrestling program for all four years when I was in high school. The lacrosse coach ended up coming up to me and was like, well, you're doing so good over there with wrestling. Why don't you come over to our side and do lacrosse? So I ended up doing lacrosse for four years as well. Um, Both teams, JV and varsity for those two teams. And then by Going into my junior year, the baseball coach and the football coach were like, whoa, what's happening? Why she get to only be with those teams? We need her help. And so I got to work with a lot of different teams. And Quinnipiac, when I was going through the college process, was a, a school I looked at. It was once I looked at that, it was like, I need to be at Quinnipiac. And I had loved the guys that I helped manage in high school, never thought of, oh, this is what I'm going to be doing professionally or even in college. Um, So I looked at Quinnipiac for their education aspects and what I can do. And I knew I wanted to potentially do something in sports, but I thought as a career. And when I decided to go to Quinnipiac, the hockey team, I was aware that there was a position open to be their manager and someone had reached out and was like, we saw your application for the school. You have this experience managing teams. Would you be interested in potentially managing both the men and women's hockey programs? And I jumped on a call and, you know, starting fall semester, my freshman year, I was managing both teams and I was there for all four years that I was in undergrad. Fast forward a little bit during that time, I did realize sports is where I wanted to go and I can relate to the guys and the girls and, you know, the education importance of it and everything they were doing. And I, you know, worked my way into figuring out a way to have a conversation with the New York football giants and became an intern with them my sophomore going into junior year, which is very, at the time, unheard of. Um, I remember sitting in that interview and David Tyree, who had interviewed me at the time, within five minutes of the interview, tried to offer me the job. And his assistant said to him, stopped him and was like, we have candidates who are coming in who are getting their MBA and you want to hire this person after five minutes. And so they stopped that. Um, But I did end up getting that internship, which gave me the ability to work with the team. I was originally hired in player engagement, but with my education background, I was able to get experience in their legal department, their HR department. I did training camp with them and ended up working their game day stuff for five years. You know, um, as a longtime coach, um, I, I think many of our listeners would agree that manager can be 
gold. They can be, you know, mm -hmm. as important, maybe even more important than that offensive coordinator or that position coach, because there's so many things that fall under, you know, that, that manager's purview. Um, you know, very few times would I give my keys to an athlete, but for those great managers, I would have, you know, Hey, here's the keys, you know, go do X, Y, or Z. Mm -hmm. So, um, Take us through a little bit of that experience. And, and again, at, when you were an undergrad, you're not there anymore, but um, working with hockey. I mean, for me, um, you know, obviously in Florida, hockey's not a huge sport, uh, but I got to imagine the equipment, the travel, um, you know, what was, uh, if there was uh, a, a typical day as the hockey manager, or maybe what's a couple of things that really stick out for you that make that sport unique other than the ice, of course. <laughs> yeah so for me like I'd said previously hockey was not a sport I'd done prior to coming to Quinnipiac from many discussions with the past president President Leahy of the university it was so interesting to learn why he had chosen hockey instead of football Quinnipiac jokes we don't have a football team so we've been undefeated the whole time um but you know for me Working with hockey was amazing. Seeing the men and women every day. So as a manager, kind of like you said, there's a lot of moving pieces. And I've since no longer working with the Giants, I do still work with a lot of professional athletes. So it can change. Responsibilities can change at a drop of the hat. You can get phone calls from athletes at any time asking a question about pretty much anything. Um, it definitely ranges. But while I was at Quinnipiac, a typical day that people don't necessarily realize manager duties are is we still had to be at every practice. So, and I was a rare manager in the aspect of I had two teams during my undergrad to look after. So I you know, when planning classes, I had to be there as much as possible unless there was some big exam that took, overrode it. But I had to be at all the men's practices and I had to be at the women's practices. I, and you're, you know, f doing game taping during that so that they could study their film. You know, during games, you were doing stats. You were, if they have a program, like a, a kid's program um, at Quimpiac, we call it the kids club. It was organizing the kids club activities, the signups for the season, you know, the giveaways that might be happening during the game, prepping all of that, prepping our fundraisers we do, and then you have prepping travel. So if they had an away um, game, making sure food was available, room was taken care of. If something was forgotten, you know, it's time to load the bus and making sure everyone has their equipment um, and the right equipment. But it's also making sure the guys and the girls, you know, were doing well in classes. A lot of the players I had similar schedules to. We had classes together. So if they were struggling in a, in a class, especially if they had to miss it due to a game, they would a lot of times come to me and I would help them say, okay, this is what we're missing. Or because I had a close relationship with the faculty, um, especially within the school business at Quinnipiac, I had very close relationship. And to this day I do, which has been amazing to that faculty and staff. 
sometimes I would advocate for the players of, hey, this is what's going on. I They just told me, is there, can you do office hours this day? Because they're going to be traveling. Or, hey, can they do this? Or can we set up a group study session to review content that they're not fully grasping because they haven't been in class? Um, what can I do to help? So it was funny because even um, like you mentioned earlier, the hockey team was at the Frozen Four. Um, it's their third time they've made it. Each have been very unique to me. Their first time was in 2013, the year I decided, this spring I decided to go to the university and become a manager. Their second time was when I was uh, managing their team in 2016 and then when they just won I was down there with a lot of the alumni players rooting them on and I was lucky enough to be in the third row right next to the bench for their games and I got to see them win their title which was very special. Uh, again just amazing that uh, you've had all of these you know A-list experiences uh, and still very uh um, at the beginning of your career as compared to me, you know, at the end of my career. Uh, for our listeners, uh, our guest today is Olivia Atkin. Uh, she is the founder of Achieving Success, um, also the name of her podcast and her book. We're going to hear more about that. We're going to take our first break. Uh, this is the Educational AD Podcast. Please stay with us. We want to say thanks to Gipper for their support of the Educational AD Podcast. Go to Gipper.com, see how athletic directors are creating world-class marketing content for their school's social media channel. You can do it in seconds on any device, and you don't need any design experience. Use our code ADPOD10, and you'll get 10% off. That's Gipper.com. Create custom content for your school's social media channel. We also want to thank Huddle for their support. Go to Huddle.com and change the way you see the game. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years, but when I became an athletic director, I made sure our school was a Huddle school. And our coaches, our teams, our student athletes, they just love the tools that Huddle provided. It was a complete solution to the challenges that we all face as athletic directors and coaches. At Huddle, we believe in sports and teams believe in Huddle. Go to huddle.com, join the 6 million users and turn your school into a huddle school. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest is Olivia Atkin. She's an entrepreneur, an author, a podcast host, and uh, we're going to hear more about her own business, Achieving Success. But, Olivia, I want you to go back and take our listeners through the time that you spent with the New York Giants. You know, uh, I think many of our ADs, they came up through the coaching ranks. They probably had that favorite team. And I know for me, you know, I, I had that dream, if you will, of, you know, coaching uh, at the professional level. So what was it like being there with the New York Giants for five years? Uh, can you share a little bit about that experience? Yeah, I would love to, you know. I've worked with multiple different teams in multiple different sports, but the Giants really opened my eyes and my love for working with teams on a professional level. Um, I will always say, you know, the we're not just a team, we're a family. And the saying um, 
of once you're part of the Giants family, you'll always be part of the Giants family reigns true to if you're a player, a coach, or a staff member. I never lost connection with the big blue team that they are. Um, and I even had, you know, sit downs and I even knew Mr. Mara himself. And he's such a great guy that for me, my experience was nothing but pleasant. It was something where as long as you were willing to learn and you were willing to be there and be active, you were going to learn a lot and you were going to get the opportunities that you deserve and that were out there. So for me, I started in player engagement, which was quite interesting and fun. I So people always ask me what player engagement is um, to some extent because it can look different kind of from team to team. For me, player engagement meant working directly with the players. So that meant we had rookie meetings every day, making sure all the rookies of the team were there. If people had to be relocated um, due to um, team switch or something happening, knowing what area they're looking at, helping them find a place, short-term, long-term, whatever it might be. I also had the unique experiences of if there was a movie premiere to go to, if my guys had to go, I I had to go because I had to make sure they were set up and they were okay during the process. And golfing, community outreach, all of it, I was lucky enough to be a part of. And so for me, entering at such a young age, you know, we're talking about 10 years ago now, I started <laughs> with the team. Um, I was just as younger, not younger than the rookie class coming in. And for me, I had a very unique experience. And I want to really stress that to individuals who are looking to go pro, whether it's playing pro or going into working in professional environments. Sometimes thinking outside the box can be your biggest strength and it can win games and it can win you jobs. And for me, it doesn't rain more true than getting my initial foot in the door at the Giants. Now, I had to work every day very hard to keep that role and to keep learning and be put in different positions. But for me, I I cannot forget my first day of work there. And I sat down at the lunch table. Now, it's amazing, and we talk about family, how the Giants all eat lunch together. So that means ownership, players. Uh, front office staff, everyone comes together and eats within the same hour. You can stay as long as you want. You know, th there's no time limit, but everyone is in that room at the same time. So you're eating lunch with the owners, you're eating and getting to talk to them. There's no one off limits. So everyone really does get to know each other. But I remember my first day of lunch um, as an employee being nervous to go down and it's a room full of different people who've been in the industry a long time. And I sat down and someone looked at me and said, well, who did you know to get this job? And I looked at her and I said, no one. Because at my age and coming in so young, the assumption was you did know someone. You must have to be able to get the position I got. But the strength of that is knowing that if you're hard work and you think outside the box, you can achieve anything you want. 
So I had said to her, I really don't know anyone. I sat and I wanted to be a part of this team and this organization. And I'd reached out. I'd figured out at the time the GM was Jerry Reese. I had figured out Jerry Reese's email address the year prior. And I'd emailed him. And we're talking almost a full year prior because the email I got back from his assistant was, you do realize this is right before the draft weekend. He's not emailing you back. He's busy. He's not talking to you. And at the time, I emailed her back and I said, I totally understand. I just wanted to ask a few questions. My goal is not to get a job at this point. I just want to learn about the industry. It doesn't have to be Mr. Reese, but is there someone else? And after communicating with her for a bit, she directed me to an amazing man called Ethan Medley, who's still with the organization to this day. And me and him had an email conversation back and forth for a few months. And I kept building that relationship with Jerry Reese's assistant during that time. And we fast forward a few months and he said, listen, we're not hiring anyone who's, you know, only a few years into college, but I'll give you an informational interview. And I did skip one part, an important part by accident, but over, before I met with Ethan, Jerry Reese's assistant connected me without knowing to at the way, at the time, Charles Way, who was in charge of player engagement. And it's always good to know who knows who in the essence of the world is small. Everyone's connected to some degree. And I didn't know he was even going to call me. I just built this relationship up with his assistant, understanding that it could go nowhere, but I, I was just having good conversation with her. And one day I had come back from class. I had like 30 minutes before I had to report up to the arena for practice. And I was sitting in my room and I get a call and it was an unknown number. So I pick it up and it was Charles Way saying, hi, I heard you're trying to have conversation and learn more about the organization and what it's like working in sports. Do, do you have a few minutes? And I was like, yes. Like you couldn't tell me that I didn't have time if it was like the sky was falling. I was going to sit down and have this conversation. But ironically enough, I had remembered a few weeks prior to that, my sister going to look at schools. She was being recruited for gymnastics at the time. And Charles Way's daughter was also a gymnast. And the recruitment weekend um, at a particular school was the same weekend. So my parents, not even knowing what was happening, ended up spending the same weekend with Charles Way and his wife because it was a recruitment weekend. So when Charles Way called me, I said to him, oh, how did your daughter love the school? And he was like, what are you talking about? I'm like, my name's Olivia Atkin. I, you were just at this school with my sister and I told him my name and he was like, oh my God, yes. And we had some great conversation and he started it off though by telling me there was no way that I was going to get a, a job. You know, that's not what this was for. And I was totally understood, totally understood it. And by the end of the call, he was like, why don't you give me your resume? And why don't you email it to me and I'll just keep it on file. Now, during that time, I was also then starting to communicate with Ethan Medley. And Ethan finally got to the point in our conversations back and forth. He was like, listen, 
my roles are filled, but I want you to have the experience and I want you to learn. So why don't you come in for an informational interview? And I said, okay, now this is like February, March of my, ended up being my first season with the team. And he brings me in during lunchtime into the cafeteria for my interview. And like I'd previously stated, the team all eats together. Ownership, Eli, Odell, like everyone's there. And part of that was a test to see what my reaction was going to be to being in that environment. And it didn't phase me. And we had great conversation about what it's like, what the roles are, what experiences I should be going after. And by the end of it, he goes, you know, I think you'd be good with all your experiences and everything you're doing for player engagement. And I know they're not filled yet. Let me pass this along and see if they want to do anything with you. And so a few weeks later, I get a call from, at that point, it was David Tyree, who was in charge of the department. He's like, why don't you come in for an interview? So I was like, you tell me the day and time. It could be like on a Saturday at like 11 p.m. and I will be there. And I ended up driving from Connecticut at the time that morning to New Jersey, where I lived, up to MetLife Stadium, which is about a two-hour drive. My mom came with me because it so happened to be her birthday. So she <laughs> drove with me so we can spend some daughter, mom-daughter time on the drive. And she parked in the parking lot and waited for me. And I walked out after a 10-minute interview. And the first words out of her mouth were, well, you know, you gave it a shot, but 10 minutes? Yeah, I don't think they're calling you back. And she's like, that was real fast. And I was like, well, he did try to offer me the job. So I think it went okay. And she was like, wait, what? I was like, we were just talking about experiences and everything. And he tried offering it to me. And and like I said earlier, at the time, his his second command looked at him and was like, we have like five other candidates all with their MBA who are trying to get this role. You're not offering it to her right now. Like at least see the candidates. And a few weeks gone by and I remembered what we had talked about and some of the key takeaways we had from that quick discussion. And I followed up because I hadn't heard anything back. And I called him. And at the time, I took a class on baseball statistics with the guy who wrote the book on baseball statistics and Moneyball is kind of based after and everything like that. So I called him and just said, hey, I know I haven't heard from you. I know you still might be making a decision, but I want to share the project we did. And he goes, wait, no one's called you? And the sound in his voice was like someone died. And I was like, oh, here we go. It's over. And he was like, can you start Monday? And I literally got in the car, took my finals all in one day, got in that car and was there when all the rookies reported on Monday. So thinking outside the box to get your end goal can really be the shift in your career that you want and never be apologetic for thinking outside the box because it's going to get you what you want at some point. Yeah, again, you, you hit on a lot of different uh, points there, and they're all excellent. Uh, again, I love how you shared 
the connectivity, uh, you know, uh, you know, things you know do happen for a reason, but also the family atmosphere, you know, how you responded in that, uh, you know, you didn't go all fangirl uh, uh, when you saw the stars uh, and follow up. I, I think that's a, something that not enough people take advantage of, you know, whether, you know, you, you've heard or not following up with them, um, in any job, it, it can, can be so important. Great stuff. Thanks so much for sharing. For our listeners, uh, our guest today is Olivia Atkin. Uh, we've already listed her uh, sports involvement, and it's tremendous. But uh, when we come back, we're going to hear a little bit about her current venture called Achieving Success. It's her business. It's her podcast. It's also her book. So please stay with us. This is the Educational 80 Podcast. Here we go. We also want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive indoor score tables and video boards. Go to sidelineinteractive.com and schedule a live web demo to see their indoor score tables and their video boards in action. Their products not only generate income for your department, they also create the ultimate game day experience for your student athletes. Go to sidelineinteractive.com. Check out their products today. We also want to thank Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. Go to hometownticketing.com. They're going to show you how to set up and sell your tickets online, not just for athletic events, but also for things like school plays, school concerts, dances, even graduation. And the best part, every step of the way, you'll have a dedicated client success manager that's providing hands-on support to you. That's every step of the way. Go to hometownticketing.com. Get started today. Simple and easy online ticketing. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational 80 Podcast. Our guest today is Olivia Atkin. She's a successful entrepreneur, a podcaster, author, and she's going to tell us a little bit about her business. Uh, she's the founder of of achieving success. Um, Olivia, you shared about your uh, background with Quinnipiac hockey, you know, frozen four national champs, you know, New York giants football team. Um, what is achieving success? Where did it come from? And, and again, you know, why should our athletic director listeners be interested? Achieving success has been part of my journey in every aspect I've ever achieved. And for any athletes or even professionals out there, you always have goals and they're always moving, right? And we teach our athletes that goals aren't a, once you hit them, they're done. What's the next thing? How can you grow? And so for me, throughout my own career, as well as working with athletes, it's always been that moving mark of what is achieving success? What does it mean today? What do you have to do to get there? And then once we get there, okay, what does it, and you ask yourself that question over and over again as you're moving. And so for me, I've always, as we talked about earlier, I've always worked with athletes and there's common themes that I've seen through my own experiences as being a part of the team and from different aspects, as well as while working with athletes, I've seen, right? So some of that might be leadership skills. You have it in the arena, your, you've your, time, your time management skills, you have all these things, but then they don't know how to apply it to, okay, 
now that your career is over, because at some point that ends for everyone, how do I build that into what I want to do next? What is that in next success? What if your goals are to go on and coach? How do I translate some of the stuff I've been doing and show what I would want to do for that organization? And so for me, I've always helped athletes as well as classmates go on and write your resume, practice networking with different individuals, thinking outside the box, all of that. So fast forward to me writing my book, Achieving Success in Career Development. I was approached by a publishing company because I do have a business degree, a minor in law, and a certification in almost every business area there is at this point. They said, you know, at 28 years old, I'm 28. I've had a lot of different experiences and I've worked in many different career areas. And they're like, tell us how you did it. Give a book to help others achieve their career development goals. What do people need to know? So through that process, I ended up writing a book and calling it Achieving Success in Career Development. And it covers everything from resume building to learning how to network, how to dress for certain events, and so on. And by the end of that, my publishing team was like, you need to do a podcast. You need, they're like, we don't have a podcast division, but your experiences, your stories, the community you have and you have built, you really need to share that. People would love to learn about it. And I was like, I don't have time. Well, fast forward to this past September and something just kept popping into me. So I ended up calling my best friend, Marcus Ogden, and I said to him, Marcus, give it to me straight. What is it like doing a podcast? What is it like? Tell me the ins and outs, and here's my idea. What do you think? By the end of the discussion, he was like, you better you better do this. This is something amazing. So I ended up creating, during that process, the company Achieving Success LLC, which has within it three areas of business. The book called Achieving Success in Career Development, the podcast called Achieving Success with Olivia Atkin, where we bring everyone from professional athletes, celebrities, business owners to employees within companies on a weekly basis. The episode drops once a week on a Tuesday, and we discuss their journey and what achieving success means and looks like to them. So that means the ups, the downs, what it looks like to be practicing every day, to game day um, time and what that means to working in one career and pivoting to a brand new one at a drop of the hat when you'd been in your career for 20 years. And, you know, the struggles that go along with it, because no matter who you are or what you're doing, there's underlining themes to everyone's life. And everyone has been there. There's no one perfect person that we've got from A to B with no struggle. So the podcast really, the point of it is to also share that you're not alone and that everyone has tools and you can pick your tools from something I did to something you're saying and put them together to make them work for you. And then we have the speaking, the coaching aspect of the business where I go to schools, where I work with players or individuals who are trying to grow their career so that they can best succeed in what they're trying to do as well as in their personal life because a lot of the tools we use professionally we can use personally and vice versa 
So that's, we ended up launching the business November 1st, 2022. It's now April. And in the middle of April, I found out my podcast is the top 10 most listened to podcasts globally. Um, so it's been a great venture and it's something I've always just been passionate about and being able to share my stories and help others grow through them. Yeah, congratulations on the success of the, the podcast and the book. Um, uh, again, these types of ventures where you're working with people from a, a variety of backgrounds, you know, both athletics, as you mentioned, business, um, I, I think people see are seeing that there's a lot of application, uh, successful leaders, regardless of the, mm -hmm. the venue. Uh, there's some commonalities, uh, whether it's an AD, a coach, uh, a business leader, et cetera. Um, for our listeners, uh, our guest is Olivia Atkin. She's the founder of Achieving Success. And as she just shared, you know, it's a uh, consulting speaking business. It's a podcast. It's a book. We're going to take another break. But when we come back, we're going to take a little bit deeper dive into what actually occurs when you're a speaking, when you're an achieving success client. So uh, stay with us. We've got more coming from Olivia Atkin. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to our good friends at Snap Mobile, which is the parent company for an entire suite of platforms designed to help you do your job better. SnapRaise is their fundraising platform. We used it at our school with great success, and they've helped schools just like yours and ours raise over $700 million. They even have a program where you can get your funding before you actually start your fundraiser. I don't think anybody else offers that. Go to snapraise.com for more information. That's snapraise.com. We also want to say thanks to our good friends at Vital Signs Wall of Fame. Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. Check out their great products. And when you're ready to order, use the link vitalsignswalloffame.com slash Jake to get a great little discount. The Wall of Fame is actually a interactive touchscreen video console that's going to highlight the performances of your students, both past and present, in athletics, academics, and the arts. It's also a great way to display your school records or your school's Hall of Fame, and it allows you to tell more compelling stories to better engage your audience. That's vitalsignswalloffame.com. Check them out today. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. We're visiting today with Olivia Atkin. Um, she's worked with uh, a number of athletic teams and organizations, including the uh, men's national champion hockey team, uh, the New York Giants. And now she is the founder of her own uh, company, Achieving Success. And you heard previously, you know, there's a podcast, there's a book, but uh, Olivia, uh, our listeners are primarily high school athletic directors and coaches. Mm -hmm. So can you give an example of um, what kind of services um, that you would provide for someone in our niche? You know, um, you know, I'll be very obvious, you know, why should they contact you? I know they should, but why <laughs> should they contact you? And, and what are some of the things that they would go through so they can achieve success? Well, 
I will try to answer all of that and please touch upon something if I miss it. But for me, I specialize everything. So whether it's a school in a city that might not have all your players go off to college, or it's a higher achieving school or a college, everything is specialized. I do more of a workshop form. So I, as someone who likes to talk and has been interactive with individuals, I like to first meet with the AD or any of my clients and really get to know them and what they want. I don't have a set curriculum. I don't go in and just give a speech. I find out what they're looking for and what their program needs. And then from there, I base what I'm either going to talk about or we're going to workshop about. And typically I go in, especially if it's a school, and we workshop. And when I say that, it's becoming creative thinking, figuring out what those goals of each student are, and then having the overarching themes be that. So I always go into a program and talk about my journey and what success means and looks like to me today. But I also talk about how that has transitioned over time. And then I say to them, what is your goals? What, what does that look like to you today? And how are you achieving them today? And from there, if a team is looking, for example, if they're a lower income school where not everyone might be going off to college, we talk about how they can translate transition those skills to get that job, to be a part of the community and achieve whatever goal that might be and create those plans. If it's a university, we're talking about what kind of things they can be doing to potentially go pro. You know, I've worked with athletes who um, prior to college had no desire to go pro. And then once they were in college, wanted to go pro. So how do you build that network and make it worth your net worth, right? Because your name is only as good as the people who know it and are willing to vouch for you. So how do you create that community? How do you give back to the community and hit those goals and those margins you want to get the outcome you want? And then I always try to share my story and the things I've learned along the way to connect with everyone because no two people are the same. And my story, no matter whether it's a men's team or a women's team, someone is going to be able to relate to word for word. But there's those underlying themes of having to go against the grain, having to struggle, having to work through it, that when you create those mindsets, you're able to achieve. Yeah. Um, you touched again on, on, I think some very important points. Um, number one is, is sharing your own experience, you know, letting them know that, you know, Hey, I have gone through this, even though, again, we talked about, you know, you're at the beginning of your career, you've banked a lot of, uh, quality experiences. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Mm-hmm. Um, can you share, and again, not, not looking for names or company mm-hmm. names or things like that, but can you share um, a success story uh, that maybe will resonate with one of our um, listeners right now? Anything come to mind? So one of the players I worked with, and I kind of started to tell his story, and he's a good friend of mine, um, but he did the first part of the legwork on his own. I met him when he played for the Giants. He is now a coach 
actually at a university. Um, but he was a player who never really grew up around football and started playing football. And he got his college degree while playing and ended up thinking outside the box to get onto a professional team. But then after playing pro for a few years, he wasn't sure exactly where he wanted to be, but wanted to still work within sports. So me and him would talk a lot about, you know, coaching or he'd be doing training with athletes and different things like that. But we always had the conversation whenever we spoke of what is the next goal in mind and what can you be doing to achieve that mark that you might not even know you want until five years from now? What are things you can do to separate yourself today from all the other people you're aligning with that when an opportunity comes up five to 10 years from now, you are prepared for and you say, yeah, I can do it. No problem. I've done it. And so we would always talk about different ideas, different ways to get content information out there and to coach while not necessarily with the team. And so he was doing that. And now he's coached an All-American team. He's coaching at university level um, and giving back. And he's just a great individual that looks at the whole picture and now he's helping other athletes you know make an impact in their community and no it's not just about the sport but it's what you do with the lessons you've learned within the sport as well as what you do with the impact you're able to make now again very key stuff we should have done this earlier uh, i know the website is achieving if one of our listeners wanted to reach out, pick your brain a little bit more. And listeners, I think you got a great resource here. What's the best way they can get a hold of you? So another way they can get a hold of me is by emailing me at Olivia, O-L-I-V-I-A dot Akin, A-T-K-I-N at achieving dash success dot com. Okay. And that's achieving dash success.com mm -hmm. on the website too. Olivia, uh, this has just been really cool. I wish we had some more time to spend, but we're not done yet. Uh, we always wrap up with what we call the athletic director's toolbox. Now we've already said you're not an athletic director, but you certainly know your way around the world of athletics. Mm -hmm. And um, we're going to take our final break here from athletic surveys who sponsor this segment. When we come back, I'm going to challenge you to send out a brand new athletic director on the very first job, but I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. So uh, let's take our final break. And when we come back, we're going to find out what Olivia Newton from Achieving Success is going to put into her athletic director toolbox. Please stay with us. We want to thank Athletic Surveys for sponsoring the AD Toolbox segment of our podcast. Athletic directors typically only hear back from that 2%, the squeaky wheel parent or the frustrated student athlete. And we need to hear back from them so we can affect positive change in our program. But we also need to hear back from the 98% of the parents and students that really love and support our program. And that's where athletic surveys comes in. Athletic surveys will create a custom survey for your school, for your athletic department. 
And that allows you to take the pulse of your parents and your student athletes. Go to athleticsurveys.com and get started today. Athletic Surveys, let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. Well, it's that time of the podcast. We've been visiting with Olivia Atkin from Achieving Success. Um, again, we, we've already uh, listed her athletic uh, background at a very early stage in her career. Very proud of you. Um, but right now, I'm going to challenge you to send out a brand new athletic director on your very first job, on their very first job. But I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. What three items are going to go into Olivia Atkins' athletic director toolbox? So the first thing I will put into my toolbox, and it's a merge of other things, so it kind of tricked the box a little bit, but it's connectivity. Be connected and accessible to your players, the different teams. And when you're connected in the aspect of showing up to practices, having them know who you are, it makes them want to be more present. And like we had discussed earlier, you know, come to you if there's issues, outperform. And as a team, no matter what leader you are in any area, when you're, when people know you're there and know who you are, there's more of a sense of community and wanting to achieve their goals. The second thing would be to manage your time. There's a lot going on as an athletic director, no matter your meetings, games going on, things that can happen last minute, whether it's one of your teams, you know, you've five teams in season and one has won and moved on to a national title. So now you have to plan for that. Or there's an issue at a game and now you have to, you're at one game and you got to figure out the solution to that game. Figuring out the time that you can devote to each area throughout the day so that you can be on top of the different areas that might occur or the different solutions that might have to take place at a time's notice is always key. And then my third thing would be grow the people under you, right? You're, you can achieve something on your own, but it will definitely take longer to achieve those goals than if you have people who are back behind you. So whether it's the coaches of your staff, whether it's managers of the different teams, no matter who it is, give them opportunities to work alongside you and to know what your goals are. Because when they know what your goals are, they want to achieve those goals as well. And then it creates a not just an opportunity to learn and for them to succeed within different aspects, but it also creates an opportunity for you to get a little work off your plate that you might not need, that you might need to give to someone else but it also creates that additional relationship of you getting to know your staff and them being able to succeed in their areas and then the fourth is reach out to me you know you can go to the website achievingsuccess.com you can feel free to email me at olivia.akin at achieving-success.com and I'm always open to talk yeah. Um, again, I'm stumbling here. Mm -hmm. you, know, you, you talked about developing the people 
on your team. Um, it's the right thing to do for them. And as you mentioned, it's also a benefit to you because it frees up your time to do other things. Um, you know, you've got people on your team right now that are hungry for additional opportunities. You know, they're hungry to grow or they're hungry to be more involved with the team. So again, great, great tip. And all your others, you saw me furiously scribbling those down. Okay. One more time, let's give out that contact information. If somebody wants to achieve success, how do they get a hold of Olivia Atkin? So they can email me at Olivia, O-L-I-V-I-A dot Atkin, A-T-K-I-N, at achieving-success.com. And they can go to the website, achievingsuccess.com. They can listen to the podcast. We do have athletes, coaches um, on at least once a month. We have different celebrities, business owners, people with a lot of different experiences. And you can find that anywhere you can find a podcast as well as YouTube. And that's Achieving Success with Olivia Atkin. Olivia, thanks so much for sharing with us today. Great episode and all the best moving forward with everything you're doing. Thank you. It was great talking to you. For listeners, we do this just about every day and we upload the Zoom recordings to the Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. We appreciate you tuning in. Come back next time for another great interview and just about every day on the Educational AD Podcast. We'll see you next time.